Lots of righteousness tends to belong So keep your love on, on Welcome to the Get Your Love On podcast. This show is dedicated to the family of faith around the globe. In each episode, we learn how to simply walk with God in all His awesome love, incredible power, and authority. It's straightforward, and it's straight from the Word. We have free resources for you at getyourloveon.org. That includes free Bible studies and an amazing free video series, all there to answer your questions, build your faith, and of course, we'd love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us by going to getyourloveon.org. We have an amazing episode here, so let's go. Let it shine bright, 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 keep your love. Our God is an awesome God. He's an awesome God. Now let's take a look at how God treats the unholy. In other words, strange fire. We're going to go into that. Now there's a reason why God covers these things, because he wants his people sharp. He wants his people strong. And what I've noticed over the years is that strength has been eroded away. The spirits out there have endeavored to strip the people down and weaken them. What we're fighting on the face of this earth is a spiritual war. And at times, it will physically manifest. When you stand with God, God will stand with you. He will protect you, he will defend you, and he will keep you. Mm -hmm. In 2 Corinthians, it plainly says in 10 verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That power of God. How do you get that power? Through his anointed word and through his anointed vessels that God has risen up. He's made a design. He came here firstly. He set the example. He laid down that sacrifice. And from that moment on, we move forward in it. In the Old Testament, they had to be under the law because Christ was hidden at that point, but they waited for him to emerge. He did emerge. And he emerged absolutely victorious. God's way ahead of you. Always remember that. So put your confidence in him, not in your plans. Put your confidence in him. So I woke up to the, to the sound of a song being sung. And the Lord just said very simply, he didn't sing the whole song out. He just said, look up the words to onward Christian soldiers. Because like I said, we're in a war. It's a spiritual war. And it does manifest in many different ways. And how do you get strong? By knowing your word, knowing your God, and standing fast in it. So I did some background research on this song. And firstly, I'm going to tell you, it took me a long time to discover all of the words of this song. And I'm going, why? I'm, what the heck? 
I had to search and dig and search and dig because over time, the church organizations that should have treasured this pure word of God started picking it apart. They started taking sections out. Interestingly so, the main verses that were taken out were ones that would refer to Satan or to refer to hell. The first time I was getting them, I'm going, well, wait a minute. I found the words and then I'm going, there's parts missing, parts missing. Which parts are missing? The ones that had the power and authority. And I don't know, I think I had only one where I heard a guy sitting in his back room in front of his computer recording the whole song. And I realized there was another verse that I hadn't found. And he wrote out that verse. And it talks about the gates of hell and how God can withstand it. Isn't that interesting that the regular, ordinary churches out there, the mainstream, that wide moving mainstream, took those things out. They didn't want to offend anybody. And then when I researched the background on it, there's actually a church that forbids this song from being sung in their church because it might offend somebody. What? All right, where did it start? It started back, it was written back in 1865, way back when it was more pure. Dr. Baring Gold was responsible for teaching and training school children in Yorkshire, England. I want you to think hard on this. He was training the children, teaching them. When I read the words of this song, you're going to get a real feel for how he taught the children. And I want to bring every household back to the solid pure, whole foundation of God, not the section particled one out that takes this out and takes that out and goes for that wide path. But you teach your children how to stand. You teach your children the difference between what's holy and what's unholy because there is a war raging on the face of this earth like never before. Don't buy their Kool-Aid. Stand on the word of God and know when somebody is giving you a spin and when somebody is lying to you. Know the difference. And there's certain professions that really have to be on their toes because it's very prevalent. All right. Well, he wrote this. He was stationed in Yorkshire, England as a curate of Hornby. It was the custom to observe Whitmonday as a day of festival for the school children. His school was invited to march to a neighboring village to join the children in another school for festival exercises. They didn't have cars. <laughs> the children had to walk. So what did he do? He had the march. And you know, he couldn't find a suitable hymn for the children to sing while marching from one village to another. I love this man. He sat up late into the night to compose a hymn. And out of those midnight hours came the lines, Onward, Christian, 
soldiers. Do you know our children are the soldiers of the Lord coming up? They're the continuation. Know how to raise them strong, fierce, unmovable, and set a standard that's true that doesn't candy coat or fluff out anything. I'm going to tell it exactly like it is. I'm not going to pull any punches because that is what's going to secure your soul and your foundation for all time. And that goes all the way through this life, out of this life and into eternity. As he found that he composed this one, Onward Sit Christian Soldiers, to which the children marched toward their festival and to which hundreds of thousands of Christians have marched in the decades since it is written. I'm going to now, and because I couldn't find a really good full rendition in today's times and technology, I'm going to read it to you exactly the way it was written in the most complete script I could find. Now, I want you to listen to the power and authority that he laid down in those young soldiers being raised up by his hand through the anointing of the Lord. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. See, they were aware they were in a war. With the cross of Jesus going on before. Jesus went ahead of us. He goes ahead of us today. Christ, the royal master, leads against the foe, forward into battle. See his banners go. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. At the name of Jesus, Satan's host doth flee. On then, Christian soldiers, on to victory. Hell's foundations quiver at the shout of praise. Brothers, lift your voices. Loud your anthems raise. Like a mighty army, moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body we, one in faith and spirit, one eternally. Crowns and thrones may perish, kingdoms rise and wane, but the church of Jesus constant will remain. Gates of hell can never against the church prevail. We have Christ's own promise, which can never fail. Onward then, ye people, join our happy throng. Blend with ours your voices in the triumph song. Glory, laud, and honor unto Christ the King. This through countless ages, men and angels sing. 
Well, as you listen to that, think of anything that gave absolute power and authority, and that's what they removed. It's Matthew 7, 13. I want you really thinking about this today. Matthew 7, 13, it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. That song is a good example. So which gate are you going to walk in? You're going to go with the broad band? Think about that one for a minute. They like to sing joyful, cheerful. Yeah, the joy of the Lord is our strength, but we're also soldiers. If you don't wield that sword, if you don't stand on the truth, if you don't stand in the power and authority of God, if you don't stand with discernment, knowing whether it's righteous or whether it's a God damned lie. Those are all words that are in the Bible. Anything that is a lie is damned of God. It's cursed and condemned by God. So you made note earlier of how the Lord went great lengths, miraculous lengths to save and preserve and wake, make a way of escape for the righteous, for the holy. So what about the unholy? How as Christians are we to stand? I'm going to give you an example of how the Lord looks at it. Now, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go over to Joshua 24, and I'm going to start in verse 1. And here, Joshua, he's at the end of his life. He's at the end of his days. He's fought hard. He's held fast, and he established an absolute clean path for the people to follow. And God honored him. And he knows he's going to leave off this life. So what does he do to prepare the people to continue on once that strong presence is removed from them? Who's going to have to take it on then? They are. So he's going to do everything he needs to do to write down whatever he needs to write down in them to establish a standard in them, to put a determination down in him. And the Lord says, this is the determination that my people, my true people, not the broadband, but my true people need to stand in. And Joshua, in verse 1 of Joshua 24, and Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, 
Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Now he's prophesying to them. Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time. Even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, they and they served other gods. Now see, this is a generation that was born into that covering of God. They were born into that place of milk and honey that had been hard fought for by their fathers. But their fathers were the ones that were plucked out of the wickedness and the harsh hand of the Egyptians. Their fathers before them were engaging and, and affected by that. And they had to be rescued from it. The younger generations that came up under that, they literally inherited the blessing. And I've seen churches where that's the fact, where there's ones that literally are born into a blessing that their parents had fought for or their grandparents had fought for. And the children have been handed it on a silver platter. And I've seen through the times that I've spent on this earth, many squander it. They squandered it. They threw it off because it was given to them so freely and easily. So Joshua, he's watching that same thing amongst all the ones that he's fought his whole life to preserve. So he's gathered them all together and he said, there they were on the other side there. They served other gods. I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac, the child of promise. And I gave unto Isaac, Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward, I brought you out. Mm -hmm. He brought you out. He's God's recounting how he rescued and secured and rescued and secured and rescued and secured. He's letting them remember the history of why they have this lush blessing in their life. Mm-hmm. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and ye came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. There's always that pursuit of wickedness is always going to pursue and try and take you out. That's a reality. That's that war that you're fighting. It's a spiritual war now, and there's factions out there that are constantly with their flood of words, their spin, their actions, are going to try and take you out. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwelt in the wilderness a long time, a long season. Here you've enjoyed this, some for generations. One or two generations. You've enjoyed the fight and the battles that have been fought to keep you safe, to keep you, keep you secure. Mm -hmm. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side, Jordan, and they fought with you 
and I gave them into your hand that ye might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. God's telling him, I did this. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. He called a prophet that played both sides. I'll tell you something. You play both sides, you're not going to play it very long. I'm going to repeat that. You play both sides, you're not going to play it very long, saith the Lord. But this prophet, he played both sides. So this king goes, oh, there's a weak vessel. I'll get and see if he will come and he'll curse the people of God because I know God's prophets, their word stands and I can't fight against it. But God would not regard that prophet that played both sides. He held him to the fire. He held him to the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read that again. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called him Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. You notice that? God knows who's trying to straddle both sides. And he knew Balaam was there for a filthy lucre's sake and try and get notoriety. But God would not honor him. Therefore, he blessed you still. He took charge over his mouth and he made him proclaim what God had to proclaim and he wouldn't allow him to budge. So I delivered you out of his hand. God plucked you right out of his hand. That fake thing that played both sides. Not a safe place to be. But I would not hearken unto him. And ye went over Jordan and came unto Jericho and the men of Jericho fought against you. The Amorites and the, all the ites. He lists off all the ites. There's a lot of them. And I, speaking of the Lord, I delivered them into your hand. He said, I fought all these battles for you. I fought all these battles. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword or with thy bow. You didn't have to do it. I did it for you. The Lord did. He did it for them. He's reminding them. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor and cities which ye built not, and yet you dwell in them. I want the young ones to remember that. Your fathers fought hard. Those that had to fight their way out of the world, they fought hard and they fight every day. If they remain, they're still amongst us. Remember, this has been hard fought for you. The blessings of those that have been born into faithful families. Remember, someone along the line had to fight hard for you to be in the bosom of the Lord. It's now your turn. Mm -hmm. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood, the worldly things, the things of the world, put them away. Or the gods of the Amorites, the gods that the people out there in the world that you rub shoulders with out there, put them away. In whose land ye dwell. See, back then, they had all sorts all around them. They, they were had this confined area that God appointed to them, but they could mingle if they wanted to. 
Nisan, uh, maybe not a good idea. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So he's taking that. He's writing a standard here. He's setting down a standard for them. He's a standard bearer. He's a warrior. He's fought for what's true and what's right. He fought for the people of God to keep them safe in a holy place so that they would be plucked out if treachery came their way. Fought hard. Mm -hmm. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm going to serve, you, serve the Lord. I'm going to start back up in 14. I'm going to read it again because this really bears repeating. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Your turn. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Standard, a line drawn. Do you know God is drawing a line right now around the entire globe? He's trying every heart, every soul around the entire globe. Have you seen countries even be that hand? going right through them, dividing out what's real and what's not real. And the people answered and said, well, it's really easy to, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're in a bunch of, in a group, the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Well, I'll tell you something. An old prophet standing in front of him, an old warrior of God is standing in front of him and he's watched their antics for decades. He knows exactly what's going on. Do you think he's going to buy a bill of goods? Nuh-uh. So here they are shouting, we shall, oh, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods for the Lord our God. He it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and which did these great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua, here he is. Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins if, see there's an if, if ye forsake the Lord. See, he's drawing something down in them, a resolute determining and serve strange gods. Then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he has done you good. If you're going to go out there and mix out there and you're going to turn and take on their ways and start proclaiming their rhetoric and standing on their rhetoric is, whoa. Mm -mm. 
And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. See, the resolute is starting to come up in them. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourself that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. He said he's making them vow. He's pushing it down in there really, really deep. So they really are resolute. They're really determined. They're making those determinings right then, right there. Because he asked them by the Spirit, you make your choice right now. Who are you going to serve? I'm going to go forward. What are you going to do? Now, therefore, put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you. And incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. Clean your house up. Which house? This earthen vessel. Purge it out. How do you purge it out? Get in your word. Get before God. Pray. And get rid of the broadband. I'm just going to refer to it as that. That broad path. That is milk toast just about everything, spun just about everything. It's very rare that you can find anything pure, but you will find it in the Word of God. You will find it in His Holy Spirit when you stand before Him. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and His voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shisham. Now he did this for a reason because he knew his physical presence wasn't going to be there to hold that standard. So he had to get a hold of their hearts. He had to get them to search their own souls, purge and cleanse their own souls, their own minds, their own hearts. And he had to set something up to remind them of the vow they just made before God. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. He set this up there for them to see. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord, which he spake unto us. And it shall be there, therefore, a witness unto you, lest you deny your God. Do you know who that stone is? That rock Christ Jesus. You know, he stands to this day, watching, observing, and judging. He stands there today as that place that you can go to Anytime you feel like your feet may be slipping, anytime you feel like you might be challenged, anytime you see something that doesn't feel quite right, you go to that stone, that rock, that cornerstone, that rock, Christ Jesus, upon the foundation where all this word is built. You go to him, you go to his word, and don't cherry pick. You read it all. You believe it all. You stand on it all. He says, you go to it and, and that'll be your witness. Anytime you feel a slip, you go take a look at that and remember the vow you made and, and purge through. So Joshua let the people depart every man into his inheritance. Do you see he fought to the very, very last moment of his life? 
to secure the people? Did he candy coat it? Was he fluffy and pet them and go, oh, I sure don't want to offend anybody. Do you think that even entered his mind? At any moment, do you think that entered his mind? No, he was fighting for their eternal lives. He was fighting for the continuance of the gospel. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Tamath Sarah, which is in Mount Ephraim, on the north side of the hill of Gosh. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. That's how powerful it was, standing on the truth and not fluffing it up, dummying it out, candy coating it. Oh, we don't want to offend anybody. Might lose some tithe payers. We want the numbers. No, we want the truth. All the days of Joshua, Israel served the Lord. And all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua. Do you see what he's writing down in them? And which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. Those that really took it on, those that knew it, those that stood with it. Do you know, I was talking to an apostle and she was reading out the story and do you know each generation, it became less and less and less and less, and less. I've been watching that. I've lived, anybody observed that? That the children, they grow up and they go out, where? They're falling by the wayside. So I'm encouraging you this day with the word of God, the power and authority of God, take the candy, put it away, take the fluff, get rid of it, get your dust buffer, buster and get it out, stand firm, teach your soldiers to march in the power and authority of God, the love as well. You've heard that true, pure love, but you have to stand really firm against the enemy. You don't candy coat that. You stand strong and you stand firm. Raise your children to win. So, I'm going to now go into how God views the unholy, how he views and how he treats strange fire. And there is a reason why God did what he did in these following verses that I'm going to read to you. It's going to bring a fire down into your very bosom. It's going to bring a strength into your very being when you let it sink in. Over in Leviticus, 10 verse 1. Now I'll give a little background. Aaron had four sons. And Aaron, he was the one that went in before the Lord and did the sacrifice for the people. And a couple of verses earlier, Moses lined it out through the anointing of God as God spoke to him. He lined out very specifically how this was to be handled. God was exact he was very de definite how he wanted everything handled. And that fire that was in the censer, God was the one that kindled that fire. His fire kindled it. And that was the fire they were supposed to use. There's spiritual significance to this. 
So Aaron was taking care of it and his sons had reached an age where they, you know, they, they figured they were really something. They got a promotion. They were promoted to helping their father perform these, this um, sacrifice and sanctification for the people. But the thing they forgot, they got puffed up in their hearts. They figured, oh, we're really something now. Oh, wow, we're large and in charge now. Their hearts got lifted up. They got hearts got lifted up and they ran ahead in their own heads. Some other spirit talked to them. Their own puffed up mind decided that they were all that and now they could do the sacrifice. Do you know what God had actually told them to do? He said, you're just to help your father to follow his lead. Not take it upon yourself to do it yourself. So what they did here in verse 1, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer. Oh, yay, we're in charge now. And put fire therein. You know where they got their fire? They started it themselves. They didn't take the fire of the Lord. They started their own little fire in their, uh, and burnt their incense. And put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord. They were running off in their own head, in their own mind, doing it their way, the thing that, because they were puffed up, which he, speaking of the Lord, commanded them not. The Lord didn't command them to do that. He gave them very specific outline how to do this job, very specific. And they were only supposed to be there to assist their father and follow the father's lead because the father was the one anointed to do it. In other words, God's saying, don't you be racing ahead in your own head. Ahead in your own head. You wait on him. Slow down. Wait on him. So what happened? How did God answer that when they came before him in some other motivation other than God telling them to do it? And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. He struck them down dead right there. Bam. That's how God felt about it. Playing with strange fire. Some other spun doctrine. Why did he do this? All right. So right away, Moses, he's what, he knows God. He talks to God one-on-one, -on -one, face to face. So immediately he goes to Aaron, because Aaron just saw this. Aaron has two other sons. Aaron and his two, two sons, those older brothers, they just watched this. The younger brothers just watched those two older brothers drop. And Moses said unto Aaron, this is it that the Lord spake. And he said, this is what God just told me, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me. You make sure... If you're going to come before God, you're sanctified. Come in the right spirit. And before all the people, I will be glorified. See, God shows himself to be God. He says, I am in charge. You young shoots aren't in charge. In other words, is what he's saying here in this case. The unanointed. Some other doctrine. Some other mind. Some other spin. Some chalked up rendition. So no. I will be glorified. And Aaron, wise man, held his peace. He didn't say a word back. That's a wise man. He didn't try and justify. 
He didn't try and reason. Nothing. He was quiet. And Moses called Mishael and Elisphan, Elzaphan, the sons of Israel, the uncle of Aaron, and said unto them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. Get them out of the camp quickly. You go in and you take them and get them out. So they went near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses had said. Now look, this is a physical demonstration of what happens in the spirit today. And Moses said unto Aaron and unto Eleazar and unto Ithamar, his sons. So he's talking to Aaron and the two sons. And he's giving them very, very specific instruction. He says, uncover not your heads, neither rent your clothes. Don't you mourn for your sons or your brothers. Don't you mourn. Why? Lest ye die. And lest wrath come upon all the people. You see, they stood in a very critical place where it affected and spoke very loudly to the people of God. And he says, you're going to have to stand your place and you're going to have to line up with God here. So stand firm and don't move your spot lest you die and cause all the people to fall into air and die. Lest wrath come upon the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord hath kindled. And ye, and he's again, he's instructing them, ye shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. Don't you leave your post. You stand fast exactly where God has positioned you. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. You've got an anointing to stand right where God appointed you to stand. And they did according to the word of Moses. See how they obeyed? They stood fast. And the Lord spake unto Aaron. Now here's the Lord speaking directly to Aaron saying, okay, he's given him instruction. And God will do that as you walk through your walk. And as he straightens you into that narrow walk, he will tell you exactly what you need to do, how you need to act, everything. Don't worry about it. He will direct your steps. It's scripture. Trust him. He said, do not drink wine or, nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. Don't you drink some other, uh, there's also spiritual significance to that. Some other wine is a perverted doctrine, a lie. Don't you drink that. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. Stand on the truth. Sanctify yourself before God. Get before God. Take your time and inquire of him and he will direct your paths. And that ye may put difference between the holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean. And that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. Keep your own vessel clean, keep your households clean, keep the church clean. Stand on the truth, get rid of the fluff, don't candy coat it, stand on the word of God and know how to exercise discernment. If 
you feel something tugging at you, does it check your book? Does it line up with the true word of God or have some sections been taken out to give you more wiggle room to go play? That's what I want you to see. And that's what they're lining down in the people. And that's what God was lining down in the people there. He says, I'm going to be glorified. I'm going to be glorified as God. And Moses spake unto Aaron and unto Elazar and unto Ithmar's sons that were left. And he said, take the meat offering that remaineth of the offerings of the Lord made by fire, the fire of God, and eat it without leaven beside the altar, for it is most holy. Stand on the true, undefiled, unperverted word of God. And when you have that infilling of the Holy Ghost, that's where you're standing. You stand in that and go to your scripture, the unaltered, undefiled, switched and changed around word of God. Go to the old original. Stand on the old landmarks. Keep yourself secured in those things that have been hard fought for and you've been brought into that place. And you see the incredible blessing that you receive. God will supernaturally maintain and secure you. Mm -hmm. And ye shall eat it in the holy place. Not out there. You're going to eat it in the holy place because it is thy due. And it is thy son's due of the sacrifices of the Lord made by fire, for so I am commanded. By the fire of God. See, you've been birthed into a ministry of fire. You had ones that literally fought to try and stop you from receiving fire. We were actually told when a prophet of God came here to deliver a group of people, he came to a certain area and he came to deliver a people and the ones that were overseeing them were very milk toast and they saw that prophet coming and they sequestered him off at the pass before he got to the people. And he said, you're not going to get fire. Whatever you do, don't get fiery. He didn't want him to bring the fire of God. He didn't want him to bring the truth. You were birthed on the truth of the word and you stand in the fire. It was hard fought for by an apostle that came and gave his life. He sacrificed his life for it. By the chief apostle, Christ Jesus, who hung on the cross to give it to you. See, God says, I'm going to let, not let my people squander this. It is their due, it is their right, but stand fast on this. And the wave breast and the heaved shoulder shall ye eat in a clean place. The word of God, eat it in a clean place, not an altered, watered down venue. There may be lots of people there. They may be shouting and jumping around, and there may be great miracles and signs shown. Well, I'll tell you something about the Word of God. God is an individual holy God, and he will honor his word. And even if there's a whole slew of them out there, and there's one soul that has a pure heart towards him, just like that woman that reached the hem of Jesus' garment and was instantly healed, God will honor their faith, and he will honor his word even though there may be a lot of ballyhooing going on. Remember, there are lying signs and wonders too. But don't go serving strange fire, some other spun doctrine. Stand on the truth. Don't buy into everything. And there are ones that have literally lost out because they didn't have knowledge of discernment of spirits and how they work. 
But it's not like they weren't given an opportunity to get knowledge. I've seen different ones go to individuals that have gotten beguiled and um, enticed and boy, it felt a lot cushier over in this venue than that venue. That straight narrow walk, that was just a little tight. I like this wider girth because then we could do more stuff. And usually they put down a premise of, oh, love, 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 love. I don't love wickedness. I don't love evil. I don't love anything that's unholy. That's the way to death and destruction. I don't want to see a soul destroyed. So stand on the truth. Stand on the truth. Straighten it up. So we brought fire. And you've been birthed in that. Stand on it. Stay there. It is your due. And he's telling that just to eat in a holy place because it's thy due and thy son's due of the sanctity sacrifices of the Lord made by fire, so am I commanded. And the wave breast and the heave shoulder shall they eat in a clean place, thou and thy sons and thy daughters with thee. Do you see, if you fathers move from your place, you're taking all your generations out with you. When you stand fast in the Lord, you're preserving that place for all your sons and daughters, those that will, when they come to the age of when they can make their own choices. But when their children raise them up to be of the march to all the words of the song, the song of the Lord, the word of God, with fire, power, authority, strength, and truth. For they be thy due and thy son's due, which are given out of the sacrifices of peace offering to the children of Israel. The heave shoulder and the wave breast shall they bring with offerings made by fire of the fat, to wave it for a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be thine and thy sons with thee by a statute forever as the Lord hath commanded. So don't flinch, don't bow, don't bend, don't move, stand fast. And remember the vow that you make before the, the Lord and make that vow each and every day. All right, I'm going to go into Ezekiel 22, verse 26. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed the difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths and I am profaned among them. That's what's happening today, wholesale. Absolutely wholesale across the land. So stand fast and stand alert. Malachi 2.17, and ye have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet ye say, wherein have we wearied him? When ye say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them. Or where is the God of judgment? Oh, look at me, I'm still doing just fine. I've gone out and I've gone into the broad path and I'm still doing just fine. It's not going to feel so fine when they stand before God. I am reminded of what my son said to me when he went and tried it out. He went out there and he tried it out in the world, that broad path. And he said, I knew I had a choice. I knew if I walked with you, I had to walk that straight line. But I also knew if I went out there, I could do anything I wanted to do anytime I wanted to do it. And I thought it would be fun. 
And he said, and at first it was fun. See, there's a dispensation of time where that covering's still there, but it does start to erode away because you will get the repercussion of your deeds. He said, but after a while, bad things started to happen to me. And the end of the matter was he was out with his dear friend out there in that broad path who ran him off a cliff, which resulted in him not living out half his days, which you're going to rub shoulders with. See, that's what the Lord was laying down in people there and establishing in them because the overseer knew he was going to leave off and they would have to start taking up that oversight themselves. They had to start doing it each one. And the Lord did give that example to me because he knew my heart could bear it. So I could warn the young people, don't let it fool you. Satan himself stood up there on that pinnacle and pointed out all the wealth of the world and offered it to Jesus. Well, Jesus already owned it. What's Jesus going to do with it? He's going to burn it all up. Doesn't mean anything to him. Nothing. So there they have, he said, look, I've got an occasion with you because you're saying what's uh, profane is, is holy. You don't show the difference. Well, it's up to you, each individual, to get in there and get into your word and dig out the difference between what's right and what's wrong, what's clean and what's unclean, what's holy and what's unholy. And there they're saying, now, well, look at, we're doing just fine. I even saw one proclaim that uh, a soul that had greatly erred and was the uh, direct enemy of the cross and the Spirit of God was buried in a box, a wooden box. And the young ones who didn't have the knowledge and understanding are proclaiming, oh, they're so wonderful. So he did such wonderful works because he didn't have discernment, didn't want the discernment, pushed off the discernment, and even wrote on that wooden box, we'll meet you soon. A prophet of God saw where that one went. He actually saw in the spirit when that one went over the edge and down into the pit, screaming. So know what you attach yourself to. Take your time and ask the Lord to show you. Just ask him to show you. He will. Because when you have that pure heart, that desiring heart, he will show you. You're very dearly loved. Very dearly loved. Every one of you. Okay. So they may be riding hide on their own fat and their own ideas and think they're doing great. But don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't, don't buy into it. Hebrews 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses, who was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that buildeth all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence, here it is, hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm until the end. You heard 
an example of that this morning. Just stand in that confidence. Know you've made your determinations. Know that from every moment forward of every day, of every second of your life, you are renewing that determination and just wait on God and he will direct your steps. What is moving those steps? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is so huge, one person doesn't have to do it. God orchestrates it all. So each one does their part. And that's exactly how the people in this room live their lives. And that's why they're sitting here. Absolutely. Absolutely live their lives and have set a holy example. I've seen parents that have come out of the fire, plucked out by God, take an absolute standard for their children and their children's children, and the ones that heard and believed and followed stand fast because of that standard. And it's to be applauded. It's a holy working of God. Uh -huh. So young fathers coming up, make that same standard. Hold it fast. And all you have to do is do exactly what God shows you to do each and every day, one day at a time, and you'll be in the right place. You'll have the right things to say and teach your sons and daughters to do the same. Mm -hmm. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Well, the people here have been well taught. They know how to stand before God and say, Lord, check my heart. See if there's anything amiss in there. Trusting and believing and having full confidence that God will do whatever he needs to do and just move forward in absolute confidence with him. When you have that infilling of the Holy Ghost, you have that appointed oil on you, you just follow the instruction of the Lord every single day. And he'll just give you an unction. You'll do this and you'll do that. And you'll get a check too if you know something's out of myth, a miss, and you'll get in your word and look it up. And you'll teach your children. It's the most amazing, powerful, glorious walk. Absolute. Didn't the power of the Lord step in with you and show you everything you needed to do when that blaze took off, each one did their part and they all knew when to stand back too and let her rip because God was making a point and God was being glorified and he is being glorified on the face of this earth right now with the dividing and the separating and the standards that he is establishing and people are gathering together and standing up for what's right. Bless God. Hebrews 3, 13, but exhort one another daily. Do you see how this is a daily walk? While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart in the day of provocation, for some when they'd heard did provoke, Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, they didn't all come out. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? 
And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. I see in this room, believers, you've entered in. Stand fast in that confidence and that belief and that purity of heart that God has given each one. Maintain it, hold fast, no matter what. Now I sat, before I came here, I had a prophet come into my room and sit. I did not have recording equipment. I would to God that I had. It was very powerful. I'm noticing what's coming out in this hour is incredibly powerful. No candy coating there. He can make you belly laugh. And the joy of the Lord restored these two in the, great of, in the midst of great loss. It literally put them together. He knew exactly how to do it. But he won't mince words and he won't do anything but tell you the truth. So he sat and the fire and power and authority of God came out through that holy voice. And the prophet's cry went out into the air. And then he said, look up this, this, this and this. And I looked it up and there was his cry. So I'm going to read what his soul cried out this morning over the globe. And this is his estate right now. Psalms 55, starting in verse 17. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud. He shall hear my voice. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them. Even he that abideth of old, Selah, because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. He's drawing a line here. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. He's talking about those out there that are rising up against the peaceful people of God. The words of his mouth are smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words are softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. Do you see the standard and stance he took? There's the stance to take. Don't pet anything. Don't coochie-coo anything that's wrong. Stand fast like that old prophet. And he literally does cry out morning, noon, and night. Non-stop. Anyone that's been around him, do you bear witness? That's exactly what's going on. Now you can speak up. If you've borne witness to it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's powerful. And it's dividing out righteousness and unrighteousness. And that is your voice for this hour. That is your stance for this hour. And that's who and what God is in this hour. So stand fast in the glory, the confidence, the fire, the power, the anointing of God from this day forward, 
bless you in the name of the Lord. Line up! Thus saith the Lord unto my soldiers, line up with me in the straight and narrow path as these great examples before you. Sister Crystal, Brother Jamie, and Sister Trish, our elders, line up. Train my faithful soldiers. Press into me and increase in my word and knowledge and wisdom. Be paid up, prayed up, and ready to go up, saith the Lord. For yea, I am commander-in-chief, and thou art my captains. With the authority that I have given you as captains, direct the armies of the living God, and send them out to wreak havoc on the principalities and powers of the air, saith the Lord. By my authority that I have given you, and the knowledge and wisdom, train, saith the Lord. Seek me out, for yea, it is for you, mighty soldiers. Line up, go forth and win, saith the Lord.